Between the Rows is a photo reportage on the lives of immigrant workers in Porto. Through minimalist yet poignant images, Diana Takachova gives us insight into their dreams, culture, and inadequate living conditions. Find out more about this project supported by the National Geographic Society in this interview by intern editor Iwana Pleja. Are we are we on? Are we are we Europe? What the truth is and how it should be told. I think there are a lot of borders to be broken. You can build it together. Community. And I believe in Josh. Open minds, open borders, openness. Try to make Europe sexy with all sense. Are we? Are we are, are we, we Europe? Europe? <laughs> <laughs> what up? Are we Europe? Boom. Hi Diana, it's very nice to have you here today. Could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? As Julie and Annalyn mentioned several times, you've contributed to our latest issue, but maybe you want to describe yourself more? Uh, yes, of course. First of all, thank you for having me here today. It's a real pleasure to be here and to tell more about uh, our project that has been featured in the latest issue. My name is Diana Takachova, and uh, I'm a photographer and I'm a visual storyteller interested in topics such as identity, migration, and humans' relationship to nature and environment. So these are the main topics I, I deal with in a sort of non-linear documentary way, mostly. But I'm also an Erasmus Mundus scholar, and uh, I am currently based out of Ostend, Belgium. I'm originally from Slovakia, but I've been, uh, I feel at home uh, on the move. And I've been living in uh, different European countries and non-European countries as well. Thank you so much. So for the down-to-earth issue, you took pictures of migrant workers working in the agricultural fields in Portugal. Could you tell us a bit about this project? Yes, so indeed, I should really outline that uh, this project was developed uh, together with uh, two of my uh, great colleagues. So Miguel Silva, who is an assistant professor at the University of Porto in Portugal, and Odunola Oladeji, who is my uh, fellow classmate at Erasmus Mundus, but uh, also a student whose interests are in agri-food systems, uh, migration and climate change. So the idea of this project came when I was doing a semester in Porto, in Portugal, that was already during COVID in 2021. So moving so often means that you have to reinvent yourself constantly. You're always looking for new topics. You are in very new environments and you're just trying to understand what is happening here and there. So I sort of did some research on what can I work on in Portugal. And I came across this theme, uh, which was related to, well, the agricultural workers, the situation of agricultural workers. But that time, I think this theme was more prominent, perhaps, in Portuguese media, but not that much in the international media. So I began researching, and I think what really caught my attention was how perhaps unseen is, is this theme, in a way. Like, at least that was the perspective that I had that time. And I think with COVID, it changed a lot. How unseen. But at the same time, this topic has really profound, um, sort of like, um, profound results or impact on our lives as European consumers and also as people who inhabit mainland Europe. Uh, and at the same time, it's really complex in a way because we are talking about a very global story. It, we are talking about a local story that is like globalized in a way. I 
I sort of uh, asked my colleagues, um, Miguel and Deji, to, if they would like to contribute to this project because they have a really vast uh, knowledge that I think could be great addition to the research phase and then also the work. I mean, being a photographer and visual storyteller is often quite a lonely experience. You end up doing a lot of research, you end up doing a lot of work, and like you might feel really alone in a way. I think a sort of interdisciplinary approach is, is really, really much needed and also in visual storytelling. And I'm wondering, what, what did you expect to come out of this project when you first started working on it? Well, I mean, it was kind of hard to, to imagine also because we were living in pandemic times. So it was, everything was changing real fast and restrictions in Portugal were changing real fast. So we were not sure when can we go, can we even go, what is going to be the situation like? I think what I've seen in local media was so much coverage that focused on um, the um, systemic circumstances surrounding agricultural migration or, or the situation of the migrants. That means labor, labor laws, human rights violations, lack of um, sufficient housing. But I've seen less focus perhaps on people. So who are these people? What are they doing? What are their trajectories? What are their dreams? What is next for them? So I was... Oh, I'm a curious person, so I was interested in finding out more about that. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense because the the labor of these workers are is so often invisible to to Europeans. So I'm wondering, how did it feel for you to meet them and to talk to them, to hear their stories? It's very complex in a way. So. First of all, we managed to go to Alentejo first for the first time in March. 2021. So that was still during the pandemic, thanks to the support of uh, National Geographic Society at that time. And uh, I think, uh, well, the underlying point is we are talking about people. So we are talking about people from different backgrounds, with different circumstances, with different aspirations. So what we quickly understand is that they have different trajectories. They have different aims and different motivations. They arrived from different places through irregular migration, perhaps, or through agencies, through intermediaries. So I think what I've seen is a very rich, very rich uh, a place. And that is quite a contrasting with uh, Alentejo itself, I think, because Alentejo is a quite sparsely populated region, a quite aging region, a region people, young people especially, are living for better jobs, perhaps in Lisbon or, or in the north of Portugal. What I've really noticed is that uh, the migrant workers or migrant populations are sort of making a new kind of Alentejo, a different, a different place where you would arrive to a small town. And yeah, indeed, you find many Nepalese restaurants, you find Indian shops, you find uh, money transfer places. And that is a sort of also reclaiming or creating a space. And even when we talk about public space, of course, because people claim this space, even if they perhaps are not welcome or they're not seen welcome in that area. So I think you see a really, really diverse picture of what is happening with the region. I think it's very interesting you say this. So from what you're describing is like the migrant workers that we see in your article, they come from Nepal, they come from India. They're working in Portugal, but they're also adapting the land they found there to, to their own live their experiences. This makes me wonder, like, did they talk to you about their own ha homelands and how are they relating to this, this feeling of being away from where they come from? Yes, 
I mean, I think it was very important to have these conversations, and I was really, really glad that uh, we could find out about the homelands of uh, people. And uh, what uh, I think needs to be understood that it's quite a temporary setup for for some people due to different circumstances, such as moving around the region as the season changes, uh, as the crops change, moving around or being moved around, because that is also the reality. Uh, so that is also means. Then the insufficient housing, like the bad conditions, also mean that uh, people would sometimes live out of a suitcase or they don't have many tangible things. They don't have many material things or personal things. So I think in that regard, mobile phones and, and digital images are so important. So we have seen uh, so many pictures of people's lives um, back in India, in Punjab region or somewhere in sub-Saharan Africa, we have yeah met people from the Gambia and so on. And I think um, it's an important bridge and understanding of, well, space as well. In your article, the, the places where you took the pictures are described as the, the beginnings of the supply chain. How do you, did you perceive the space there from that perspective? What, what is the land that is the, the beginning of the supply chain? Yes, I think from, and I hope I can uh, speak on behalf of my colleagues as well. In this understanding, I think land is seen as a, as a resource to be used, to be exploited, to be commodified, to be like used for economic benefits. And um, I think Alentejo also is not a unison, so uh, it's home to different crops. Uh, you have in, in the Beja region more a sort of olive grow area, and now it's also almonds. But also in Odemira and its South Teotonio uh, parish, you can also find grapes and berries, red berries or blackberries. So... It's a story of intensified agriculture, story of land use, but also uh, altering the landscape. So creating a sort of man-made landscape because uh, the construction of the Alkeva Dam, which took place in 2002, really uh, changed the fields from uh, the golden color of the wheat to the green color of the olives and now also the almonds. And uh, also it encouraged um, sophisticated irrigation practices that uh, also led to the intensive agriculture area in the area. But now um, the water level is decreasing in the dam, and this is by some attributed to climate change, but by others, a sort of unregulated use for intensified agriculture, which is again for the gains. So I would say is the story is of commodification and reshaping the land. Okay, thank you, that's really interesting. Uh, could you maybe talk to us also about the things that you maybe felt you weren't able to capture in, in photographs? Yes, I mean, I think there is so much that is perhaps not included for one reason or another. I think, first of all, capturing the difficulty of the job is not always easy because we are talking about... Um, Especially, well, not especially, but for example, in, in the field of berries or, or like strawberries or red berries, we are also talking about working in difficult conditions, uh, working in a bent position for the whole day, for example, having a little break, which, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the situation in some cases really borders with uh, modern slavery. And I think part of it really is also like how much of this we could see as outsiders. 
because I think access to to the fields or to the land is not always easy, especially once there was a, an increased interest, media interest in the area because the, there was a sanitary cordon imposed due to COVID-19. So I think the topic became really prominent and then it was featured also in international media. It was really difficult to, to basically come and see places and we faced many walls by that. Sometimes we could not photograph the places because of out of fear, but sometimes people would say, you know, this is not how I would live normally. So please, I mean, I would not like to be associated with it. And I think that's very, very correct. But of course, I think it's important to, to highlight um, the structural issues, the more structural issues as well. Okay, thank you. I also wanted to uh, sort of turn towards the actual pictures that you took. Uh, and in one of your pictures that we have in the ma magazine on page 76, we see sort of a, a silhouette walking through what seems like an olive grove at night uh, and seemingly carrying a child. So I, I'm really wondering, could you describe what, what we see happening in this picture? Okay, so um, actually this uh, image is from one of the almond fields uh, in, in the vicinity of the civil parish of Belezao. And uh, by the way, almonds are becoming quite popular because they are, they bring good economic return, but also they require a lot of water. Um, so, but yeah, back to the, back to the image actually. So, um, this is a picture uh, that we took thanks to a group of workers whom we met in, in Belezao. Uh, it's quite a small place, so, so you can really quickly understand what's going on. And uh, there are some spots where you can meet people. And uh, so these workers kindly agreed that we could join them for the, for the harvest next morning. And uh, uh, it was really interesting to see. I've never seen uh, an almond harvest before, personally. Um, so as you see, this picture is before, uh, taken before sunrise. So people start working very early. And uh, they have to work in a sort of speedy manner. It was only men working in, in the, um, like men, my, migrant workers working in this field. Uh, so the workers were sort of preparing the nets for um, collecting the almonds that are shaken by a machine from the trees. So this is what is happening in the picture, actually. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so it was actually an early, very early morning, I see. Yes. Um, another, another picture that kind of uh, made me ask questions is on page 75. It's actually a spread in the newspaper and I think we have it in the, in the PowerPoint as well. Uh, so there we see, um, sort of like the shadows of some plants reflected onto a wall. It's very beautiful, but very abstract. So, can you tell us exactly what we're looking at here and why did you choose to include this image in the, in the series? Yes. So, um, we are, yes, indeed, that's the picture. We are looking at uh, a view of berries, uh, through the greenhouse in the Odemiro region as the sun sets, sort of. Yes, I think uh, what was important for me as well is take sort of less literal images. And I think we have seen or we see sort of very important images of that show the kind of agricultural production side of it. Like when you see intensified agriculture, you really see it's a sort of industrialized version 
which has like a high return and so on. But uh, I wanted to to sort of go away from that literal way as well. And uh, yeah, I was looking for a different angle. I was looking for a different light that would perhaps make the viewer wonder. And that included a lot of driving around the region, for which I thank again my colleagues for their patience. And uh, yeah, it was indeed an interesting um, mission to, to get these sorts of pictures, not only of the berries, but also of olives and also the, all the other crops that are grown. Thank you. I think uh, they're very beautiful representations. Um, so for my last question, I was wondering, reading your article, you write that the precarious situation of migrant workers is more complicated than housing challenges or infrastructure shortages. So could you tell us um, what other challenges are there that we're missing when we talk about, about this very important issue? Housing is a really prominent problem, whether lack of housing or insufficient housing, ins unsanitary housing. Um, this shortage is also due to, well, it's a sparsely populated region, so there are not so many places. Also, um, investment goes into tourism, uh, but then also there are some quite restrictive building policies. Um, and then, like, container housing, as I said earlier, is being presented as a sort of temporary solution. Uh, it's often in the premises of some of the companies. Well, but it becomes a sort of not so temporary uh, solution, unfortunately. Uh, so I think infrastructure and housing are both part of a, a sort of larger picture where we are looking at uh, the prices that are being pushed down by a globalized supply chain. And uh, this is also a kind of question of ensuring the competitiveness of European agriculture, where we are facing, of course, produce from all over the world. So this is a sort of competitive market where one is looking to maximize the profit and minimize the cost. So the thing is, um, we are looking at migrant workforce because Portuguese people, local people, they would not like to do this work as well. It's a very harsh work and it's very underpaid. And uh, this translates um, into low pay and precarious working conditions. And uh, this also renders migrant workers as a vulnerable group because they can hardly stand against uh, the labor um, problems. They perhaps have pending documentation or insufficient documentation. So I think uh, it's, it's also a question of power and uh, I think also what makes this uh, theme quite interesting for me is the presentation of migration in the mainstream media nowadays. So I think uh, that was also my aim to add more nuance in that. But uh, I also want to add that the pandemic highlighted the situation on the ground with regards to the housing, the infrastructure where people would, let's say, walk kilometers to work or from work. Uh, but according to recent sources and that I checked before coming here, not much has changed in the reality. And one of our, one of the latest updates that kind of illustrates the sort of big picture around here is, uh, that workers from Nepal, India and Pakistan went on an unprecedented protest, uh, to oppose the working conditions and the labor violations in one of the berry industry companies in Odemira. 
So I have seen that through one of the organizations that is there working towards, uh, well, yeah, ensuring migrant rights, which is SOLIM. There is another organization that is called Juntos Pelo Sudoeste, together for the Southwest. My apologies for Portuguese speakers for pronouncing this. Uh, who are invested in uh, having fair conditions for people, having protection, environmental and other protection for the region. But indeed, did you hear about these protests? So I think this is also a question of, of power. Yes, I think you're right. And I really appreciate the fact that your photo series and uh, your article really shows, uh, shows us how the economy impacts so much the way our land looks and the way the lives of those who work the land uh, ends up. I thank you so much for your answers. Uh, and I'm wondering if anybody in the audience has any questions for Diana, feel free to ask. Do you see that any of the migrants that you talk to have any sort of desire to go on and own their own farms? Or is this just a sort of transitory job for them? And do you think that would make things better or worse? Thank you very much. I think that's a great question because there are indeed so many nuances and so many points and we've seen so many things that I can hardly cover them in this brief interview. Actually, we have met people who have also had a background in agriculture. Uh, they had also family farms back. Uh, I think this relates mostly to the Punjab region of India. So we have met quite some people who had background in that and they would like to continue. But also there are many people who, well, they work in agriculture as a temporary thing, temporary point, and then they would like to perhaps work in uh, industry or open shops. So I think it's been a very different, like you, you meet people with different aspirations, with different dreams. And would that be better? I don't have the answer because that is a quite big question. Curious to know how the rest of our pop-up radio show went? Stay tuned for our next episode. This one has been produced by sound producers Neja Borkovic and Jada Santana. Support our magazine by buying the latest issue down to earth online or buy our customized t-shirts on everpress.com. See ya!